So, um, how are things in the shelter? Uh, lonely. Things are lonely in the shelter. Actually taking this opportunity to get some things done around the house on the weekends so that I can not think about working. So, busy busy working away. You know, kitchen. We, trying to finish that over. kitchen. So, yeah. the ongoing forever project. Because we were going to do the yards, but then this happened. And so now we're just not doing the yards at the moment. So... It's like, okay, well, let's do these other things and get them done on the inside where we are stuck. So, yeah. So are you guys leaving the house at all? No, or? not really. We we do walks at lunchtime. And a surprising number of people outside, uh, I'm, I have to say. I, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's good to see neighbors. You don't normally see neighbors. I mean, I guess I'm not at home normally at lunchtime anyway. So, But my wife's commenting, you know, you never see this many people. So there's definitely people just getting out and going for walks. Which is cool. Well, the question though is: is should you be seeing that many people outside? <laughs> as long as they're staying apart, and I don't, I don't see should an issue you with be? It. Yeah, it's it's not like uh, the air is infected with the virus. So yeah, I'm not worried about that. It's oh. funny because I I just went out to get oh, no. coffee because my stove is completely covered in plastic, so I can't even heat up water right now. And I was surprised how many people are in their cars wearing masks. Yeah, their, their own mm-hmm. cars. Cabin air filter. Yeah. Probably. You're probably going to be. So I just replaced it in my Saturn, which I am retiring, with my new truck. Oh. The Traverse. Hmm. Which is. New development. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard about that. Uh, they, uh, so uh, every two years, you've got to go through emissions inspection and everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. And this truck is long in the tooth. It is well over 200, just just around 200,000 miles. Now, normally that's not that big of a deal with, and the engine itself is actually strong, but this was the first model year of this particular body style that they had never made. Brand new body style, brand new everything. And it was that particular year, which was 2008, was just plagued with so many problems. And I've kept it going a pretty long time battling through all sorts of different issues and you're talking about the now. Saturn right now right not not the yeah, new yeah. car yeah no <laughs> okay. not the new car okay <laughs> uh, good, just good. the Saturn and so i had just recently re- replaced a few things in it like i just replaced the cabin air filter and a few other things mm-hmm. unfortunately i just replaced the tires on it and i can't swap them over to the new vehicle because it's yeah. got much bigger tires yeah um, Don't you hate spending from, money on tires? I do. I hate it. Yes. I, I was uh, walking out and uh, I was like, oh yeah, I just um, remembered I've got my emissions test. And they're like, are you really going to try to see if that thing will pass emissions? I'm like, I know it won't because I need new catalytic converters and you know, I just discovered a hole in my radiator and they're like, well, well how much is that going to cost you? I was like, to replace the whole thing? 3600 Oh man. And they're like, okay. If you replace that, is it good? I'm like, well, no. I mean, you've heard it. It has a uh, a whine in it because it needs a new power steering pump. But you trace that all the way down, and they said that you've got I've got to replace an entire rack and pinion. And I'm like, well, they're like, well, how much is that going to cost? I'm like, well, that's twenty six hundred dollars power steering pump. You know, full full amount. Now this is dealer price. Yeah. For most of these, eighteen hundred. So like, okay, add all of those up. How much can you get if you were to trade the vehicle in? 
Well, I tried, and I can tell you exactly how much I can get for the attempt of trading it in. Zero. No. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. They did not offer me a dime. They're like, sorry, sir. Uh, we really can't offer it. And then they actually said, I've been authorized to offer you $100 for it. I've been and authorized. You know what? <laughs> you have offended me. You, you, you insult me. Jeez. So I, I was like, eh, Offensive. no. I'm going to go ahead and just hold on to it. And so, you know, my sons have been taking a walk around the neighborhood and just trying to stretch their legs and kind of get out of the house, which I completely feel for them and understand. He used to be in, in, in college or in high school, and, you know, one son's always working out every day for football and rugby and stuff, so they're all pretty active. Yeah. So they're out there doing their thing. They're walking around and stuff. And the other day I walk outside the house, and there's like this old rickety desk chair falling apart. Where did this desk chair come from? Where did this trash come from? <laughs> it, literally, where did this tra- Where did this garbage come from? <laughs> and they're like, oh, somebody was throwing it out. I'm like, so now we have to throw it out? Dude, that's what my grandfather was like well known for. <laughs> yeah. Like, awesome. So what? So, you you so, need to sit so them down right now and watch that, uh, that hoarders show with them. Be like, kids, you can't turn out like this. I I totally agree because I mean I was trying I was like you know we we watch American Pickers enough to know that we could end up like that if you guys keep picking garbage <laughs> from other people they're like well what there's and so the other there's day my wife and I were chair. out for a while exactly <laughs> like there's a reason why somebody else was throwing it out right that's hilarious man and and so we were out for a walk uh, the other day and my wife's like thank goodness. Uh, Aiden's not here with us. I'm like, why? She goes, look, somebody's throwing a TV out. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the cool thing about stuff like that is that you can actually take it apart and, like, there's really cool stuff inside. You should tell him that. No, no, thank you. <laughs> I have a hard enough time trying to get him to clean up the basement as it is. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so funny. <laughs> You're like, orders starts now. How old is he? 17? 16? Uh, no, the one that uh, brought it home? Yeah. Uh, he's 19. Oh, Aiden Even did. worse. Okay. <laughs> Aiden did. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, maybe you can teach yeah, him to like refinish old antique furniture and rebuild it and sell it for lots of money. I'm sure it was that, the, the that kind of chair, that, right? The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I say the only thing antique about that particular chair was the ass that was sitting in it. <laughs> Welcome to Archispeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. So, uh, so yeah, so how is, um, how is your week? What week is this? Three? Is it time? Three? Is it time for some quality quarantine content here? I yes. think it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what this podcast is going to be about for a while. I think. Yes. Exactly. Oh man, I I, I kind of feel like it wasn't that much different from the last time we talked. It was very uh, online meeting intensive, like very very much so. I mean, would you would you agree with that assessment? I. It is amazing how 
much more conversing that I do with people that I, you know, I mean, maybe it's because I see them all the time in the office and, or out on the job site or over different meetings and things like that. Maybe they either don't want me to forget that they're around or that they're equally as lonely, Mm -hmm. which by the way, I'm not really lonely. Um, yeah, I've got a, I've, I've got a herd of people to keep me perfectly busy. Mm -hmm. However, it's just, I seem to be, and I think I said this before, just seem to be busier now than I was when I was in the actual office. Yeah. I spend more time on the, on zoom or Skype or teams than I have ever spent before. You were you were talking now, up Zoom last time, and and I sent you a, a link, at least one link. But there's been a bunch of links recently about Zoom and their all their so craziness. So yeah, so so now they're Zoom bombing. Yep, um, and they're sending they're they're somehow sending some meetings through China, and there's other places where people could put link. Yeah, as I was talking about, where they can like paste a link into the chat, and if you click on it, it installs malware in your computer and stuff like that. Yeah, well, so. We are still using it, and we've actually run a couple of their security updates as well as our own internal security updates. And now we have a uh, mandate that if we are sending a Skype meeting um, out around to everybody else that it has to be password encrypted. Yeah, yeah, totally. Same. And so all of, <laughs> yeah, so all, all of these are ways to get around or at least to protect yourself. Yeah. For now until they figure out how to to get around that, but it's it's uh now it's now come to this. It looks like that their the Zoom company is pretty actively pursuing fixing all this stuff, but I know that our IT yeah. director sent out an email saying, you know, obviously we don't use Zoom. We talked about that on the last episode, but uh if anybody right. needs to participate in a Zoom meeting to let them know first and then basically they get sent like a checklist of things to to look out for. Yeah, this is the world that we live in. It's interesting where everybody's looking for the the slight vulnerability (laughs) so so that they can get into your server or install something on your computer and get something out of it. I will say that one thing that I found really interesting is just the effort that people are going to to just basically disrupt other people's businesses. I mean... I mean, is that really your business is to mess with other people? It is. It's not that different than the ridiculous. people lining up at Costco and buying two pallets of toilet paper, I have to say. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> you know, funny enough, you say that. So what's interesting is our uh, our local grocery store is finally getting a few more supplies. I mean, I won't say that it's back to a 100% stock, but I kept going in, you know, day after day after day. And I'm like, where are all the toilet paper? <laughs> Most of the time, they no toilet paper, no paper towels, no napkins, nothing made from paper of any kind was to be found for at least the first you know week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. And now you go in and they have not restocked the shelves, but they do have it in there. You just and have to ask for it, huh? You have you have to ask for it, and they'll only give you one. Basically, it's like uh, I think all they've ordered are like eight rolls. <laughs> and you're like, dude. And so, have you seen the size of my children? 
Well, I mean, you, you get an eight pack. Sorry, it's it's the eight pack all right, that all right. you get, and so you can, you know, you can but you can ask for one eight pack. You can only ask for one thing, one two pack of paper towels, and that's all you get. Wow, which I mean, that last you for that's a while. fine. I mean, yeah. I, you know, the thing is, I was like walking, walking out of the grocery store. I just said to myself, I'm like, so that's where we that's where we've you know resorted to is we are rationing toilet paper now. yeah i mean you know world war ii had a global crisis and they were you know rationing everything we have a global crisis but because of just you know sheer panic uh we have to ration toilet paper yeah, yeah crazy you can find you can find um plant-based burgers all you want to right with toilet paper Oh man! Still kills me that there's not there wasn't a stitch of meat to be found for the first two weeks of all of this. You're right, except for plant based meat. Right. Yeah, I mean that's luckily for us we eat gluten free pasta. <laughs> there was a lot of it. Nobody wanted that. Oh man, there was a lot of like health foods and stuff that that we buy, and uh, they were they were pretty much all there. Everybody went for the the normal stuff, the junk. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we we've this last couple of weeks has actually been well, I would say the last week has been pretty crazy because I've been basically organizing via a uh, Microsoft team six different 3D printers and people throughout our offices to print the PPE face shield headbands so that we can provide yes. those to the healthcare workers. So that's been quite a a, a fielding of you know logistics and just schedules and availability and materials and all those kinds of things there's just you know when you've got six different printers and six different locations and different people stepping up to do it and uh, you got to get the files out and the instructions out and then you got to get all of the right you know there's like the foam and the so, the elastic and there's the the acetate thing and it's like where do you get all this stuff because everybody's sold out so it's been quite a quite a thing but i think we're what we're right. shooting for is to right. print about 500 of them so then we're about halfway there so yeah we have i believe three printers between the dc and baltimore office and they've been going pretty much nonstop. yeah with, through the amount of supplies that we have yeah. for printing them a friend of mine who runs the the shop he said that they are getting new supplies in soon for us to kind of resume them. Cool. And actually what's interesting is I got a email from our client who is Hopkins hospital mm -hmm. and they, they basically gave us kind of a how to for cloth face masks. Okay. So these are, these are non medical grade face masks, but uh, they gave us basically some instructions on how to, make them and they are going to be usable for pretty much patients, doctors, everybody else. There's, you know, they would be used in conjunction with like, say the face shield as, you know, a way if you follow all of the instructions on how to make it. And I know that I have a couple of uh, friends and family members that work in hospitals and, you know, they are basically reaching out to anybody who knows how to sew yeah. to be able to do that. And um, so I'll, actually make the link available in the show notes for the cloth well, let's just call it the hospital approved cloth ones as <laughs> um themed whatever by uh johns hopkins 
um, hospital. Yeah, it's like hospital approved, and, non-certified, something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean they're they're they they stress in there that they're not medical grade. Yeah, but they're actually used in conjunction with like face masks and things like that. And so they're and but they also give you like you know straight rules and. They were mostly for most of the medical grade stuff should be going to the medical professionals. You know, they were like, these are, these are perfect ones that you can reuse, tell you how to actually wash them, how to take care of them, how to maintain them, how to wear them properly, which is a big thing because I actually just finished reading all of the instructions on how to wear it properly. Mm -hmm. And then my wife comes walking in, had a mask on and was wearing it improperly and I was like, oh, let me let you read something. Mm. I believe my little crafty 12-year-old will be starting to pull together clothes and stuff that we don't use that um, are what Hopkins says is the different types of clothes. And basically they say 100% cotton. Mm-hmm. And then they, they you know show you how to fold it and the, the different layering and, and all of this other stuff. You know, they actually prefer you to use things that aren't white or blue so that they actually are identifiable mm-hmm. as non-medical. Right, right. That's cool, um, man. So, that, yeah. So uh, we'll we'll shoot that off in the show notes so that everybody who is uh, interested in listening can uh, make their own uh, cloth masks. Yeah, we basically put together. I, I've been doing. I started this kind of weekly video show on on YouTube called Quarantech, and it's the technology stuff that. that HMC is doing behind the scenes and. In front of the scenes and all the scenes, um, but but the latest episode, episode number two, was about the three D printing that we're doing, and it's it's pretty cool to see this kind of community come together to in mass produce as many of these things as possible because there's such a shortage. So it's unfortunate that there's such a shortage, but it's really incredible to see everybody kind of pull together. There's several different designs out there. We picked one. We ran with it. We're sourcing all the materials for it that so we can produce fully functional face shields. They're basically like sneeze guards. They're like this full face wraparound um, plastic shield that, that is secured by a headband. And it's really cool to kind of see how it went together behind the scenes at our firm. But, you know, everybody that's doing the same thing is kind of doing the exact same process. So the reason that we put this video together was just to show people – how it worked at our firm and how you could get involved with it. So that was the the ultimate goal is just right. to get as many of these produced as possible. So if we all, you know, can produce, you know, 12 a day on a 3d printer, that, that is better than zero. So, uh, exactly. That's, that's the exactly. goal. It, it is really encouraging to see, you know, the architecture community stepping up because we have these printers at our disposal. You know, I mean, most, most firms, you know, medium to medium to large size firms, you know, they have these yeah. 3D printers for their own use. And since they're not using them now, right? Uh, what better way than to uh, pull together and support your community? And the good thing is, is that, you know, most everybody, you know, lives in a community with, you know, a hospital who most certainly is suffering from shortage. So you can basically find out what the, uh, the donation protocol is for that particular hospital mm-hmm. and you know talk to them about you know arranging ahead of time right you know um we're obviously donating to our local hospitals and yep. you know one of our longest standing clients is you know johns hopkins hospital and you know work very closely with them and so we're you know doing a lot of our donations to both them and other 
local hospitals around the area to you know give as many as we can to as many people as that needs them. Yeah, I think we're and printing. It's also great. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, finish up. I was just to say, what's great is just like the architectural community around you know the Baltimore and DC area. Um, they're all doing that, which is is yeah. really kind of encouraging to see. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the the cool thing for us is that we get to serve the community that we practice in, right? And that really sh- that's part of our mission statement is to serve the community, and we do that through the architecture that we build ultimately with our clients to serve, whether that's healthcare or schools or whatever, you know, a lot of our stuff is, most of our stuff is public work, but um, ultimately just to like hand over a gift like this where they, you know, they need them so bad. There's such a huge shortage that it, it's just an amazing opportunity right. to serve them. So they need it so much. They're the heroes right now and they, they absolutely need this stuff. So anytime you can get involved and do something like this, take advantage of it. It's really cool to see like the school of USC has come together and they've got over a hundred, maybe 200 different uh, sites, 3d printing these actual face masks that fit over the nose and mouth. Uh, it's incredible yeah. to see the, yeah. like they're, they're organizing it online, Google sheets, who's produ- who's producing it, where, how many, um, how are they handling all the logistics and everything? They're, they basically got started on Instagram and, and they, they went into Google sheets and, Fill these things out, and you can, you you can just publicly available. You just scroll through the sheet and see who's involved in the process. It's amazing, super cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you know, I I hadn't even thought of this until I saw it on Instagram. But the same respirators that you'd use for like you know painting something or something like that, you know, those are are definitely you know of medical grade and can actually be used you know by medical professionals yeah. and. I've seen people printing some pretty, pretty amazing, pretty elaborate stuff to put together. And I've even, you know, seen, of course, leave it up to the art, you know, artist community to, of course, take their swing on it. It's all still completely functional, but then they're making artwork out of it. That's so cool. Um, you know, for these guys too. So it's kind of tremendous to see some of these things. Yeah, that's awesome. So what else have you guys been up to besides like... Uh printing personal protection equipment <laughs> for the healthcare industry. Who would have thought um, a year ago that that would be something that we said on the show? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When we talked about PPE, you know, it's usually us talking about our own protection and, you know, the own gear that we use on job sites when we're walking around right. and come to think, you know, exactly, you know, who to thunk that we would have, you know, gotten to this position. Yeah. It's, you know, kind of a surreal world. Well, the interesting thing is that we everything was kind of really kind of trial and error and and tough for a lot of people early on and I'm I'm sure you probably faced all of the challenges of not only setting up you know an entire 400 plus people in the offices and and everything else you know and just getting our own people squared away with and comfortable with the technology that we're using at home and then making sure that all the different security protocols and all that other stuff were installed on everybody's home computers as well as any laptops or or desktops that they decided to take home. Mm -hmm. And then once we got all of those people set up, then, you know, trying to help with him because we do this all the time. I mean, we, we have clients all over the place. You guys have clients all over the place and, you know, we do a lot of um, video conferencing. And so, you know, there was a lot of different people who, you know, really didn't know how to do it. They didn't feel really comfortable with the um, setups. And so I started doing, you know, just 
you know, between different people within the, the project team, you know, contractors, uh, engineers and, and consultants and stuff, you know, walking them through how to do a lot of the different tools to make it, you know, work a little bit easier for them and kind of get into the swing of things. And so that was kind of like the early, you know, week and a half, you know, two weeks. And now week three, week four, everybody's quite in the swing of things. And, um, you know, even (laughs) my uh, technology challenged wife who, you know, she's just like, you know, I I am a hands-on teacher. And so doesn't really do a lot of like online learning or things like that in her classroom. And, you know, she's become a pro where she, in fact, I can kind of hear her in the other room right now talking, you know, she is creating videos for uh, tomorrow's lessons and she's doing everything, you know, recording everything on her phone. Then she's going into iMovie to assemble it, edit it and all that other stuff. Then she exports it out and loads it up into YouTube and then does her, you know, teaches, assigns certain things. She meets with the kids and then kind of walks through things. And then these videos are kind of, you know, meant for reinforcement Mm -hmm. of, you know, the lessons that she's doing online. But, you know, she wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, without just kind of keep trying and testing things out Mm -hmm. and slowly but surely learning them. And me helping her out, try to get things set up. um, I happened to notice, you know, a chat on the Entree Architect Facebook page, you know, and a couple of different architects who are also professors we're getting ready to go back and kind of the daunting task of trying to figure out how to do a, uh, do their classes through, you know, zoom or Skype or whatever else. And so I kind of just reached out to him. I'm like, Hey, I'd be more than happy to walk you through this. And so I've been doing, uh, tutorials for, you know, different architects who are also professors showing them how to use zoom and do zoom markups, you know, and basically kind of like doing shredding online with them. And, and it's, it's been kind of fun to see, I do this all the time. I'm so used to it. I'm so comfortable with it that I, I felt comfortable enough to basically teach people that I've never met, a, you know, or, you know, any time ever. And, you know, I'm, I'm walking them through, you know, hopping on a video uh, call with them and then just walking them through tutorials on how to do, you know, some of this stuff for their classrooms and do distance learning for uh, their universities. And it's been kind of, kind of fun to do, to be able to do that. It's not a uh, 3d printing face masks, but you know, it's helping the, uh, you know, the educational community continue to keep doing what they do and uh, keep the architecture community doing what they do. That's very cool. Wow. So is and she, and I even did a couple, go ahead. I was going to say, and I even did a uh, online zoom call with Auburn university architecture students and, did a couple of uh, oh, that's right. uh, mentoring meetings. Yeah, so um, obviously we were, architectural education is happening from home too. I wonder how that's going. Still happening from home. Uh, we hooked up with a professor, and we were you know working with his uh, studio before all of this happened, and um, reached out to us and said you know hey we're still teaching, and would you guys like to do maybe some one on one sessions with some of the students to kind of see where they've evolved and they've you know did kind of a master planning program early on to kind of get like the overall program. And then they transitioned into being assigned a particular building for each of the students. And so, uh, I just kind of did a shredding kind of session with the kid who was working on university dining hall. Mm, Nice. 
That's cool, man. Speaking of uh, Auburn, I guess the, the one of the ideas I had wanted to run this by you was to see if you wanted to do a homework session for this, and then maybe we do like a a movie review for each episode. And I was thinking about doing Citizen Architect. I will be more than happy to do. Wouldn't that, that be fun? It would be great. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few films that we could look at over the the next few weeks, but maybe that would be the one we start with. I like it. I like it a Maybe lot. we can take uh, recommendations from the listening audience to see if they have any that we haven't heard of or wouldn't would look at it considering. That would be kind of cool too. So yeah, I think that you know it's been a, a few years. I think I watched that after we went to the Atlanta AIA show when I sat in on your mm-hmm. um, your alumni event that we went to, and that was right. a really cool experience. And then I I watched Citizen Architect after that, and I felt like. It's one of those moments in my life where I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> it was very, very surreal at that point. It was just, it really hit home because I, I think that there was something so just uh, searching for the right words, but it, it just really felt like it, it hit me in the middle of my soul, you know? And I feel like I, I, I'd like to get a taste of that again and kind of revisit that. So maybe we can like watch it fresh and then discuss it on the next episode. You know, I mean, it, it's sort of, interestingly enough, it's sort of along the lines of what I was thinking of is just trying to um, start, whether it's a Facebook page or a Twitter feed or something like that, that basically just talks about, you know, there is enough, you know, negativity going on right exactly. now. There's enough people that are worrying and stuff. Yep. I mean, it'd be kind of fun to actually talk about, like, post uh, inspiration, even yeah. if it's just a simple photograph of, like, inspirational architecture, you know, what it means to you and what. Why do you, you know, want to keep going back? I mean, this is a, I mean, we, you know, we've gone through recessions before Mm -hmm. and it's hit our particular profession pretty hard. And even the last one where it hit and a lot of people left and never came back. And there's, you know, a lot of people who this may actually do the same thing. And if we can kind of, you know, figure out a way to like keep their spirits up and really kind of talk about what enriches your soul. That'd be awesome. Okay. So let's do that and let's let everybody know right now that that's what we're doing so they can watch it too. Hopefully I don't even know where it's available. (laughs) So I'm hoping that it is. Um, and, and, um, I mean, just how about everybody can listen in to that episode and then give us their feedback on Twitter, you know, or leave comments on the website. I think that would be really cool. Or live tweet your viewing experience so that, you know, hashtag ask ArcaSpeak so that we can incorporate some of those comments into the episode. I think that would be really fun. Not that that really needs to be the whole episode, but maybe that's what we start out with. I think that would be pretty cool. Yes. And I agree with you. Like that yes, really – something that, that to me, like I already know – I've already watched it once and I know how it made me feel. And I feel like it would be one of those things that really could be kind of a, a positive in a, in a lot of negatives out there. So that would be a, a fun thing to do. Cool, man. So let me just throw this out here and let you guys know that if you have a subscription to Amazon Prime, it is streaming on Amazon Prime. It is called Citizen Architect Samuel Mockby in the Spirit of the Rural Studio. Do you want to give a, a little bit of a preview and, of, or maybe your background with, with Rural Studio? You have five minutes. You have five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> can't be it's can't well you know it, you know what's interesting is that sam was one of these guys that you know he he started the rural studio to kind of 
get people away from, as he would call it, the bullshit of the studio and the politics that, you know, he felt was not anything that was really a part of, he, he felt like there was a deeper meaning to the uh, educational process that we just weren't getting quite out of the studio. Now, it did mean that he didn't didn't like traditional architectural studios because he was involved with it as he was out in the rural studio because he was also involved with the GSD and everything else. And so it wasn't like he was anti. It was just he felt like there was something more that he could do for for the architecture students. And one of the interesting and great things about the rural studio, as many times as if I've preached the rural studio and believe in the rural studio, you know, it was this, it was this, it's this place that, you know, not, not only are you getting a, a very different hands-on experience in architectural education where you're designing as well as building, but, you know, you're able to experience firsthand what it truly means to actually be a citizen architect, Mm -hmm. what it truly means to be able to engage architecture in a way that, you know, we don't normally do on a day-to-day basis. We're giving architecture to people who don't even know what an architect is and, you know, probably have never heard of it or in, in, in most certainly if they have never felt like they would ever actually have a chance to work with an architect. And, you know, you take all of that away and you just strip it down to the fact that, you know, we are building these beautiful places for people so deserving of it and just an absolute, I mean, the the whole studio is just an absolute joy and a gem. The, the great thing about it is, is that it's taken hold, you know, this concept of the design build studio has taken hold in countless different schools across the country. Mm-hmm. Got all these different ones that people do. And, you know, it's just great to be able to have a studio that does hands-on training of all this stuff. But it's just, I mean, I always, I preach now, you know, because I still, I, I try to hold as much. I mean, Sam wasn't just, you know, teaching within studio, but, you know, Sam was just teaching how to be a good human being right. and a decent, you know, somebody who wants to use their abilities to give back to people. And, yeah. I mean... In in my own way, I try to do that all the time, you know, whether it's through my knowledge or just hands-on showing people how to do things that I've learned how to do. Or if anybody says, you know, hey, I'm going to do this, I will say, I know how to do it too. If you need help, let me know. And just, you know, so it's just teaching people how to be good, decent people. And yep. he he kind of, you know, it was interesting is like, you know, I, I, he, I always had a soft spot for him because, you know, he was just an amazing, amazingly genuine person. I mean, I, yeah, I love, authentic. He, used, yeah. he used to have, uh, I have, I still have a set of documents that he was, he brought him into a studio to kind of show everybody what a set of working documents were and left him in there. And so we were kind of cleaning up the, uh, the studio and, and somebody was throwing them away and, and I was like, Hey, oh, I want to hold on to these. And so I, picked the garbage and took a set of them out. Of, of course, I'm not going to take somebody's working drawings without like letting them know that I have them. He was just like, you know, I was like, you know, Sam, I'm going to take these, you know, home if you don't mind. I just, I, th- I think that 
they're just as much a piece of art as they are architecture just because they're hand-drawn and they were just so beautifully organized. I mean, uh, when I was on my own, I, I kind of patterned some of the way that I put my working drawings out. Now, it's not the way that we do them today, and it's certainly not the way Revit in- inherently does things, but it was just some... There's a beautiful little artistry to the story that these these uh, documents told. And so he was just like, what the hell do you want this piece of shit for? And I was just like, I, I just want to, you know, keep, you know, I, I, I want to keep them. You're throwing them away. You obviously don't want them. He goes, yeah, we didn't. We never you, built. You just did the thing your kids did with the chair, dude. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks. Legacy. Sure, bring them in. I got it. <sighs> that hit hard. But. Perfect. And, and so I'm looking at, um, I was like, well, why wasn't this built? He was like, oh, they, you know, they didn't have the money for it. And so we were just, we, so he, what was amazing is we sat down and we were like going through his set of documents and I was talking about him and, and all of this other stuff. And I'm like, why do you, you know, I was like, I've noticed something about a lot of your entries are, are more of this kind of like funnel shaped, but they're actually funneled in the opposite direction that you would normally expect it. Normally it would be wide and then it would kind of like narrow into like the door area. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I want to make it, you know, perfectly uncomfortable to squeeze my fat ass through. You know, because at the time he was kind of a bigger, robust fella. And, uh, and so, you know, I mean, from that point on, I was just like, you know, there's just something kind of cool about this, this moment of making yourself aware of the the sequence of like entering into a building i mean you know normally you just you never pay attention it's the front door you walk up your steps you walk into the front door you never really give two thoughts about it mm-hmm. you know he almost makes he almost forces you to think about it every single time you go there and i just thought that was so god awfully cool <laughs> that's awesome so you so, know, very, so two things two things yeah. first of all you have to you have to call him what you call him not sam sambo Yep, Sambo. I mean, right. So, Sambo was, you yeah. know, what we called him all the time, and you will hear in Citizen Architect, everybody will call him Sambo. But you know, so that's a, that's the nickname, but yeah. the acceptable nickname. And then the other thing you you said that you pro- not everybody probably knows what it means, but GSD. What's GSD? Uh, Graduate School of Design at Harvard. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you said that because you just say GSD like everybody right. knows what that means. And that, that was like Doesn't, inside baseball right there. Well, you know, what's funny is that everybody who goes to the GSD automatically assumes that you know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah, very <laughs> self-important. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that's going to be really fun. I, I'm looking forward to watching this. So uh, so you said it's on Prime. It's on uh, Prime. Maybe we'll put a link, a link to it just so people can see what it looks like in the show notes. And then... Uh, you can watch with us or watch on your own, and then we will discuss. What's What's amazing about it is, is this is now a few years later, and a few years after um, Sambo's passing, and it, oh, plus, by the way, that also has a handful of other uh, movies, architecture movies. So if you go to the to that Prime link, and you also say customers have also watched, and they've got an IMP learning from light. They've got RAM. They've got Zaha. They've got all sorts of oh, arrow. Just just um, start with the stuff. one we say. That's all. Oh no no, I'm just I'm I, we're gonna be there, but um, we'll there, there are some great there are some great. Ooh, we're gonna watch uh, Buckminster Fuller too, just because. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> Which one um, is that? Is it? Oh, how much does your building weigh? 
You know, I like clicked off. You lost it. Totally lost it. It is no, um is the world of Buckminster Fuller. Okay. Cool. I always actually there's there's one that I want everybody to watch and it's a YouTube link and when we get to that one, we'll get to that one because that one it's a it's something that I actually it was literally the very first day of studio in my summer session we were forced to watch this and you know mm. at the time you know you're you watch it it's like a 10 minute video people were under, look understandably looking at each other like why the hell are we watching this and i swear to this day i will always refer back to it and so i know exactly why they asked us to watch it whether or not we learned why at that time was you know left open to interpretation. However, it has stuck with me and I continue to use it still to this day. And in fact, actually, every time I talk to somebody about all this stuff and they're like, well, what exactly do you mean by that? I'll actually send them the link to the video and I'll say, just watch this video. I've got the entire set of um, Eames movies that they created and it, this is one of them. It's the only one that is, well, it's not the only one, but is the one that stuck with me for my entire career from the day that I started, the day that I started architecture school to now. Wow. That's awesome. So I like how you're leaving it on a cliffhanger here, so we better cut it off now. Exactly. To keep everybody wondering and in suspense. That'll be cool. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Cool, man. Well... Uh, okay, so homework is watch Citizen Architect, and uh, let's get back together in a week and talk about that. It's going to be fun. Excellent. I'm it's looking forward to it. Cool. In fact, I'm probably going to hang up right now and go and watch it. <laughs> so, yeah, me too. Okay, so uh, so we'll talk about Citizen Architect. We'll do some work-from-home updates, quarantine uh, quality, co- quarantine content, and... Uh, that sounds like a good show. So I, I like how we're planning it out in advance. It's like uh, it's a little bit upscale for the Arcaspeak podcast. So everybody take note. Uh, things are happening because we're working from home that are even better than normal. <laughs> and you will be tested on all of it. Yes, there is a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it's not right. ARE level, but it's just Arcaspeak level quiz. All right. Cool, man. Well, I'll talk to you next time. Yep. See you guys. Stay safe. Cover your mouth when you cough.
Feeling this quad. It's fun. You there? Hello? Oh, sorry. I accidentally, <laughs> uh, accidentally hit a uh, mute. Did he, um, did he happen to tell you what the, um, alcohol content is? Uh, nope. He didn't. It'd be interesting. because. Yeah, it sounds like it's a lot. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> I, no, no, no insinuations at all. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. 